Welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of New York City. And here is what I'm bringing you today. We have a guy who flies high, does it well in every way, makes great disco music. He's part of the new gang of producers that are doing it for you, okay? He is Italian, ethnic. He is super cool. He DJs around the world. He does it all, okay? But one cool thing, he's now sought after by the other disco guys too, which is nice. And I've been watching him for a while and playing his music and he knows that. So, with no longer hold up, no pause, we're going to introduce to the True House Stories family and the True House Stories show, my man, DJ Birdie. <laughs> Birdie, how are you, baby? How you doing, man? First of all, good. good. That's what I want to hear. First of all, Thank are you. we in L.A., Taipei, Singapore, <laughs> Japan? Where the hell are you? Because I've been trying to find you. I finally got we, you. Where are you hiding? We are in very, very small town, northern Italy, um, a very small town called Rovereto, which is not far from Verona. Uh, but, yeah, it's not, it's not L.A., it's not London, it's, uh, it's not Milan. It's just, you know, it's, it's a place. But uh, it's where I am right now and where I ended up uh, during this crazy time. So I've been here for almost uh, a year now, I think. No, actually, since uh, July. Um, so this is, this is home for the moment, uh, but it's all good. Okay. All right. First it's of all, I'll get a little less of home Italy. I am not this way from not eating in Italy. The one thing I love about DJing is Italiano, so you know. Si. La cuche numero uno. La cuchina. But anyway, to be really fair about it all, to be very fair, who has the best food before we start this interview? Would you say Italy has the best food or Japan or America? Who's got the best? Because you've been around the world. Who's got the best food? I have to say that I have been, um, you know, you know, we, we Italians, we are, we can be food snobs and wine snobs and especially food <laughs> snobs. Um, <laughs> when I went to America for the first time, I was like, you know, we have this preconceived idea that it's just going to be fast food and, and hamburgers and hot dogs. Um, but I was actually really blown away by the food in California. It's really, really good. Uh, very diverse. A lot of different choices. Um, uh, the sushi is really good. The seafood is really good. I, I eat a lot of fish, personally. Not a big meat person, but fish I eat a lot of. And, um, yeah, it's just in you know, fusion cuisine. You can pretty much find everything. Um, Italy really depends where you go. I mean, in the north, we have kind of sort of like almost Austrian food. So it's not what when most people think of Italian food, they probably won't find it here in my hometown mm-hmm. it's uh it's kind of like it's almost german uh right. but in the south of italy i mean it's it's incredible from rome 
to the south is definitely some of the best food I've oh, tasted. Yeah. It's definitely a hot spot too. Uh, they have great food there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm definitely craving a little bit of like, you know, nice sushi, nice pokey, which I used to get in LA, which you can't really find here. I mean, you can find it, but it's it's not really I good. know, you got to be in the big cities like Milano, Roma. Yeah. You can't, in the small little towns, the sushi's tough. I know. Yeah. Because when we used to go to Rome and I would spend time in Italy, I remember them always saying, oh, let's go for sushi. And I go, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. Because when you eat Italian food seven nights a week, yes. you, know, you, know, you want to eat something. You want to just have something. Not McDonald's. Because McDonald's was never, even though McDonald's would sponsor the show. But for me, McDonald's, <laughs> for consumption, if McDonald's, listen, if McDonald's wants to sponsor our show, I'm happy to have McDonald's. I'll have the golden arches here. No problem. You can be sure of it. So, so we're hearing this McDonald's. Right. So everybody wants to know the first question I start out with. First, first question. is so easy. And so how does music, and I, I know you've watched the show before, but it's a standard question. How does music find young, young birdie? So I, I knew this was coming since I've been watching the show. <laughs> um, well, I, my, my parents got me into uh, piano lessons when I was about, I think, six or seven. Um, so, I mean, I, I just remember being into music since the, the, the dawn of time, really. But realistically, I would say that when I was six or seven, I started playing piano. Um, and then I was also into uh, the music I was hearing at the time, which was disco, really, because I was born in 71. So when I was that age, in 76, 77, um, I was buying uh, cheesy disco records by uh, Amanda Lear. And uh, uh, there was a singer called Dee Dee Jackson, which I don't know if she ever got big in the was ever known at all in the U.S., but I remember buying her records. Uh, this French band called Rockets. Um, then, you know, Bee Gees, uh, John Travolta, like this, the sort of stuff that a kid would listen to, really, without having any deep knowledge of, of the sound when you're that age. Um, so that's how it all started. And then from then, I actually went into a big rock phase that lasted for quite a while. Uh, wait, wait, did I, hear you say, did I hear you say rock? Yeah, 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 yes. So tell I me that some of the bands, before you go any further, when you said rock phase, let's clarify what rock music is. There's different rock sounds. So give us the rock music you were into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. So uh, I think the, the I've been trying to remember how it all started. And I think the way it started is that I was really into the key song, I Was Made For Loving You, you know, which, because I liked that sound at the time <clears throat> and then some friends who were a little older than me said you know that's kind of like a disco song but kiss is not really a disco band they're a rock band that's made a couple of disco songs so from then i i bought the that album uh dynasty that had i was made for loving you on but it also had a lot of rock uh from there i got into acdc so it was like fairly classic rock like you know acdc uh kiss Led Zeppelin, uh, got into the slightly more metal sound at one point, like Iron Maiden, that kind of thing. Um, so really when when House was big in Italy, I was 
playing guitar in bands and I wasn't really really uh taking any notice of, of what was happening which is oh really uh, you know yeah yeah everyone always uh freaks out when I tell them that so they're like oh you must be you know it's a disco and all like I didn't I wasn't into it at all I didn't I didn't really understand it from a um you know like a pure musician point of view like I just wanted to play guitar with a band and I, and I didn't really understand that sound and uh, only in the last 10, 15 years, listening back to some stuff that's been, that came out of Italy in like early 90s, late 80s. I'm like, oh, I remember it, but I wasn't into it at the time at all. Um, so, yeah, my, my musical journey was like that. Yeah, so like, so you play piano. Guitar. You said you play guitar. guitar. Did you play guitar? You said guitar? Yeah. So yeah, you play yeah, yeah. some musically trained then? Do you have that? Right, yes. Okay. So everybody here is musically trained. Okay. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. 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 So um, uh, it, it was only when I went in um, London in 98 that uh, the big beat thing was really big at the time. So, you know, Fatboy Slim, um, Chemical Brothers were really mixing up like rock, soul, funk, with dance beats. And, and it's, it's only then that I really started to understand dance music because I, I understood what, what the DJs were playing and I danced to it. Uh, before, if I went to a, a club, like I was kind of lost. I didn't really understand. Like I would have fun, but I didn't really understand how music per se. Uh, so that, that was the start of my relationship with like you know abandoning the guitar a little bit and then uh getting a sampler and um getting into djing starting to play records so yeah 1998 i'd say uh 2000 really is when i started playing records so so let me just stop you for a second so to people understand the italian disco house scene the house which really came from the electro Itali Italo, Italo dance records, the original. How big yes. was that scene in Italy? Tell people how big that was. How oh, it was, it was huge. It was huge, definitely. Uh, but were, you know, some, some of the, well, the, the cheesy, cheesier bits were huge. Uh, like, you know, and then some of the more underground stuff, not so much, but you, you definitely hear some on the radio, on TV, uh, they had this show called Popcorn, as I recall, on uh, Canale Cinque, where, where we would have some, you know, Italo disco acts playing. Like, I remember seeing the Creatures um, uh, and another uh, act called Pink Project playing live on one of these shows. So it was, it was definitely an, an interesting time in, in Italy, for sure. I can tell you from my side, it was an incredible time because we were coming over there to DJ all over those clubs, and it was mm. like craziness for the Americano DJ, especially the Italian Americans. Oh man, they would go crazy, especially Napoli in the south of Italy. Oh, yeah. Angels of Love. I remember playing one. Yes. Me, I remember playing one of my first gigs in Italy. Was I think it was five thousand people. Angels of Love. No, actually, that's not true. I played at a club called Hollywoods. There was 5,000 people. They said to me, all these people are here for you. I went, for who, me? They said, for you. 
So that's another story, another time, another life. But this was the angels of No, this was angels of love. This was a guy named Elia Debiazzi before angels of love began. Okay, right. Big disco, really big. Wow. But that's a whole different, like I said, another time, another place. This is your, this is your but I want you to clarify how big I'm actually intrigued because as I said I, I kept you know I was actually I was obviously seeing the flyers and seeing the DJs play I didn't really know what was going on but yeah it, it was huge in Italy at the time for sure um, but but my musical awakening was definitely London was was it for me um, mm-hmm. and still is the place where I kind of like got formed musically I'd say um, it just has an incredible. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've been to London many times. It's like it's, you know, kind of kind of like New York. It's like a lot of different cultures coming together, a lot of energy all the time, and uh, you know, constant stimulation, like from record shop to record shop and to club to club. Definitely a great time. But totally. I remember very fondly. Totally. I mean, definitely London. London's got an energy, kind of like New York in a way, but it's yeah. not. It's a little slower, but it's got so much going on, like a melting pot. London, so many different yeah. cultures. Yes, definitely, the cultures all coming together. And then I used to laugh because you have, you go to a club in in London, you have the Italians hanging out in one corner. You have the, <laughs> <laughs> the northerners of England hanging out outside that club. Yeah. Everybody had their crew, you know? But yeah, like yeah, for Saturday, way, for yeah. Bar Italia. London, we all go to Bar Italia for, for espresso and cappuccino down oh, in the gosh. West End, and you meet everybody yes. from Italy who's in town. So so <laughs> Claudio Cocoruto's in town, for example, and I knew he was in town, I would go to say to the record shop and then go have coffee. And I went to Claudio. May he rest in peace. But that's how it was back then, I remember. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. That's how the DJs, yeah, that's how the DJs did it back then. Still do it sometimes. You in the West, well, I haven't done it now because we're not traveling. But when we were traveling, we would all, I probably would have met you at Bar Italia because all the Italians go where the Italians go all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's still the best place to, to have a coffee and hang out in London for sure. Um, and so in general, like last time I was there, I met up with uh, uh, Severino from Force Meet Disco. Um, so it's still, it's definitely still a place where to, where, where there's a really good energy and really good mix of people. Great yeah, place. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to go back. Obviously it's uh, hopefully not long until we can travel again. We'll get to that later. We hope soon, but right now, yes. so we, so, so, you, you, the rock band, you found the Italian house music scene, exciting. You start going out. You like the club scene. And in, in Italy, those clubs are big, big clubs. A lot of people. Each yeah. city clubs. So all the international stars are coming in from around the world. Uh, you know, Morales, Knuckles, everybody's coming to DJ in Tony Humphreys. Paul Trouble Anderson, I remember seeing Yeah, Morales to- was definitely playing every every other week, I think. He was literally in Italy all the time. And uh, they loved him. They loved him in Italy. Yes. Yeah. They loved him very much. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a good energy. It's like, you know, the people definitely like to go pretty crazy and, uh, and party a lot. So it's, um, it's actually better if you're a DJ than if you're in the crowd because you can get a little crazy if you're in the club. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're watching the scene, it's great. Definitely so have some. So what Crazy came first for you? What, first of all, let everybody know your real name. So your name, of course, your show name is Birdie, but we know you as some, some your real name. What is your real name people are finding you? So I know what it is, but what Marcello. is your name? Marcello. That's Marcello, Mar a.k.a. known as Birdie. See. But before we even get to where does the name Birdie come from? Where did you come up with that name and why? Yeah. <laughs> you know... I really wish I could come up with a good story, but um, <laughs> I don't have one. Um, I was desperately thinking of a name because I had these other projects, um, as I was um, telling you earlier during our chat. Uh, I had this uh, other project called Plaza the Funk uh, that I had before Birdie uh, when I made Breakbeat. And then I kind of really wanted to change identity, change sound, try something different. And I, I was thinking of like a name and I thought, you know, it, it needs to be like a short name. I don't want anything too complicated. And right. uh, then I was, uh, I was in Bray at the time and I happened to go by a place called Birdie Num Nums. And I ah, thought, actually, Birdie there sounds you go. There you go. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the best story, but it's a story. So you <laughs> saw the thing on the wall, on the shop and you said, okay. Well, you could have told us a story like this, like the Commodores, the band did. You know what they did? They went and got the no, dictionary. They went and did, they got a dictionary. They blindfolded one guy and said, and they just said, pick a name. He just went like this, and they went, and they looked, and they said, oh, Commodore. Oh, and the Commodores. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's a good way. So you looked up at the, at the store, and you saw the birdies. What was it? Birdies what? Uh, Birdie Num Nums, I think it was called. Birdie Num Nums. Does anybody know yes, what that I is? Have... Around the world, Birdie Num Nums in Australia? I, I don't know, actually, but I, I think I'll have to play there at some point. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was actually a club. It was kind of like a, a backpacker's place, like not, not a cool club, but some sort of club. Um, so I've um, ever since then, I thought I should, I should play there at some point. Just to, you know, close the circle and close the story. It's a good story. See, yeah. that's okay. People applauding. <laughs> yeah. So what came first for you now? Was it the DJing or the producing that starts for you with the, under the name Birdie? Where's that start oh, uh, for you, the story? How's it begin? Uh, definitely the uh, producing. I've, I've always been into, like, you know, making music and... Um, it, I remember that back in the day, I kind of really wanted my parents, apart from back, they, they were very, always very supportive of my uh, music. So they bought me a guitar, they bought me an amp. And then I, I, even when I was playing in bands, I kind of had this fixation of like, I want to do things on my own. I don't know if we lost him. Uh-oh. I'll see if back. I'm back. Yeah. So All we've right. said, I don't and, know if you uh, want to do Go ahead. 
Yeah, so produ- definitely production came first. Um, I didn't even really think about DJing uh, until I came back from my first trip to London and I had just bought a bunch of records because they were, you know, so cheap and, and good. And I used to go. Let's check to see if Mr. Birdie's extender is extending good Wi-Fi because I think we're having in and outs with him. All right. Am I back? You're back. You're having coming in and out a little bit. We're losing you halfway in and then halfway out. So I'm going to have to say All that right, again. Then. So, yeah, I used to go to the historical music and video exchange to buy records. And I just ended up buying a load of records um, without really any intention of playing them out. And I came back to Italy, um, showed them to a friend of mine, and he said, you know, this Records are really good. You should you should play them out. And I said, but I don't DJ. Like I don't know how to DJ. And he said, oh, I'll, I'll teach you. And we have a night in three weeks, and I think you can do it. I'm like, no, not three weeks. But he, he was very patient, and I went to his house every day trying to beat match. You know, and uh, yeah, in about a couple of weeks, I started getting the hang of it. And obviously, the, the first kick wasn't great, but uh, but we got there. Hey, you know, it's always like that. First gig is never great, but it's also also an experience. Because if it's great, that means you don't need to practice. Right. right? Did you play with CDs? Did you play with the CD players or actual vinyl the first gig? No, no, vinyl. My first five years of DJing were just vinyl, straight vinyl. So that was from 2000 to... 2005 when was when I started like producing and then I started receiving promos. And then I remember that the first six months of promos were vinyl and then it just all became CDs. Um, so initially I would actually rebuy the promos on vinyl because right. I just didn't want to play CDs and it just, it just felt natural to play vinyl. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure it was the same for you. And, uh, and then no, I saw that. No, there's no such thing about feeling natural. That was all we had. It was no yes. like, let me play CDs. We only had vinyl to play and 45s. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, I, for me, not the 45s, but definitely just the vinyl. And, uh, and I mean, there's obviously something really special about playing that to me still. It's like, you know, that, that feeling that it's less, there's less precision and everything can go wrong at one point, but that's the beauty of it. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Everything's you know, an adventure. Like, it's adventurous, right? It's adventure, adventure time, right? It's on your toes all night. And, you know. um, so yeah, about 2005, I think, is when I started playing CDs. And then and obviously now it's flash drives. Like, I mean, we're just so easy and... You know, it, it's just a matter of you travel around with just two flash drives and and headphones. It's uh, it's convenient. Very and, much and so. Very much yeah. so. And you can bring a lot of music, but um, I mean, a lot of a lot of people use that argument that vinyl is so heavy, and I'm like, you guys never loaded or unloaded a van playing in a band, right? Because if you did, you probably wouldn't think that vinyl is that heavy. It's it's really not that bad. 
like trying to battle. Well, yeah, comparing to big speakers, the amplifiers, all the instruments. It's a lot with the band and the lighting and everything. You're yeah. setting up a full stage. It's a lot of work. Definitely. Yeah, we, we imagine, never got to. Imagine going roadies, across so. the ocean. But imagine you have to fly across the ocean with all this stuff. You know, that's when it gets yeah. tough. You know. I I can't say I've ever done that, but just just playing in Italy with like you know going around with a van and unloading. You know, loading, unloading, reloading, and unloading again in the rehearsal space. It's like basically doing it four times in one night if you're playing close. Otherwise, you're doing it four times in two days. Uh, either way, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah, vinyl is not a, it's not that big a problem. Yeah, I know. It's just so different when you say, well, I'm coming to play tonight with my USB sticks and my headphone. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll be there. It feels strange when you say that instead of, I'm coming with my boxes of vinyls and I'm coming with all my stuff to come and play at your club. It sounds strange when you say it, you know? Yes. Now it's like, I mean, it's it's so accepted. And, and it is convenient, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do like it. I do like it. Um, I never really liked CDs. I don't know about you, but I could never really find a um, uh, a way to categorize tracks on CDs that I would really f- get familiar with. But with flash drives, it's just, you know, you can just search for the tracks. So it's, uh, yeah, very, very easy. Well, here's the thing about the flash drive. The flash drive... You can have almost your whole collection of music on a hard yeah. drive. Right? You can never do that yeah. with vinyl. Vinyl, you have to bring no, up the, you have to adjust your boxes to what you're traveling around the world with, you know? Yeah. It's not like something so easy that you can just jump in and go, right, I'm gonna play USBs all night and we're okay, everybody. Uh, but Vinyl was, okay, I got too much baggage. I got too much luggage, too much of everything. We have to take it, you know. Okay, so I'm taking two record boxes and a bag with me across the ocean. And I got to make yes. this work for all the gigs I'm doing, right? You've got to think You got to think how you're going to work through the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So we know you're the DJ, and you learned in London, right? You learned the craft in London. Is yeah. that where I got it? The yeah, first yeah, gig. Yeah, that was yeah. What's that? Sorry. The first, the first discotheque was London. You play, Lond- Londra, the first club. No, the first ever club was actually here in my hometown. Uh, that was just the night that my friends uh, put together, uh, and then I think I did a few in Italy in just bars, you know, just small small spaces um first time i played in london was uh there was a record shop called vinyl addiction in camden and they had a bar upstairs called bar vinyl and uh at the time i was i was producing breakbeats and uh, it was also the home of a breakbeat called finger mm-hmm. even though it was like a tiny you know it, it, it was a really special special gig for me right so the breakbeats, wait, 
so that people don't realize this. They don't know. They they only know you as the disco master. They had no idea that you were doing breakbeat. Yeah. Do you want to touch on that for a little bit? Like explain how that happened and how many years you worked in that scene? Yeah, from like, I'd say production-wise, probably from 2004 until 2011 um, or something. I mean, for me, it wasn't really that much of a change because the roots of a sound, like the roots of a breakbeat sound was more funk than disco, but it was always, the, the funk element uh, was always there. So, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a huge change in production. The The main change was just having a straight kick drum instead of having a breakbeat. Um, but the rest of the samples and whatever I would play, it's kind of like uh, not that dissimilar, but it, it was a good scene for a while. You know, it was fun. Um, they it, it, it did the wrong thing. It was, it was really big in London. At one point, they had a, a night of fabric, which uh, was just breakbeat. Every month, they would have three rooms, just breakbeat, uh, which was pretty good. Kind of like drum and bass, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, same scene, very, very insular in a way. And it didn't really mix with any of the other scenes, which I think is kind of why it died eventually that it just mm. became too much, of its, too much of its own thing and uh it, it was just you know breakbeat djs playing breakbeat records and not really trying to find other tracks and other influences um so it got a little stale after a while but for for five six years it was really good i remember um, i remember yeah it was it was pretty big in america as well right yeah in the West Coast, it was with with uh, with a couple of guys that were really doing it. I remember. It was more yeah, West Coast, that, more West Coast than yeah, East Coast. Definitely, um, I, I played in San Francisco a couple of times. Uh, that that seemed to be the place where to play. Definitely, mm. it was like big uh, big movement, good promoters, good nights, uh, and then you had the Florida break scene, but that was a little different that was more kind of like the hardcore uh very fast breakbeat scene like you know dj ic uh that kind of that's thing that's it i remember now dj ic yes i remember that name yeah he was yeah. huge in the us i think it still is pretty big to an extent and um but that was very different from what i was doing but yeah san francisco they definitely got the uk Great big sound, and it was a fun city to play. We remember having such a good time. Okay, really, hang really on one second. Time. I want to do a little commercial break, and then I want to tell everybody about our newsletter. Hang on one second. Take some wine. Give him some wine, everybody. Send some wine.